0: Welcome to Strictly Jojo, a podcast dedicated to Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. My name is Courtney. This is episode 72, and we're reviewing part six, Stone Ocean, Heaven is at Hand, Three Days Until the New Moon. As always, there'll be spoilers for this episode and anything that's happened in the Jojo anime. I think this might be one of the longest Jojo titles we have across all the parts. Yeah, I don't
1: know why they just didn't do this like Underworld Part 1 and Underworld Part 2.
0: That's a good question because, yeah, looking at the episode titles for the third core of Stone Ocean, there's many of those. Heavy Weather has three parts, Sea Moon has two parts, Made in Heaven has two parts. So, Underworld Part 1 and 2 would have been a more practical way to do this.
1: Unless they just needed a reminder that we are three days out until this plan to take in motion or be set in motion with the new moon, although we find out later that Pucci doesn't even stick to this plan. So,
0: Yeah, I don't know what happened with the, the titling. It's like they were trying to have very unique titles, and then they just kind of gave up and said, we'll just name it after the stand let just pick the stand of the week. We'll name it after that. However many parts, we'll call it a day. But it is what it is. We have the final Dio, son of Dio, that we are dealing with in this episode, in this mini-arc. And that is Versace. It is Versace, right?
1: I think it's actually pronounced Versus.
0: But like... But it... Yeah, the reference like, is
1: to Versace.
0: But... Are you saying like Versace the designer is pronounced versus?
1: No, I think that's just how they pronounce it as versus in the the Japanese dub.
0: They do, but is it spelled Versace?
1: Uh, Like as
0: we would say, I know like Italians are probably like cringing so bad right now at the way I'm pronouncing this, but like for us in the States, is is this name actually spelled Versace?
1: I don't think so. I think it's actually versus uh, um, or at least i'm looking at the kanji or is that like the kanji for the for donatello verses and it translates as donatello berusasu
0: oh wait yeah looking here at the jojo wiki do you had at least four children being Giorno giovanna donatello verses okay so it's not versace I always well, thought I think, it was. <laughs>
1: I think sometimes if people don't know about the ch sound in Versace, they'll, they'll think that the word is actually pronounced versus.
0: So is his name spelled versus or is it spelled Versace?
1: I think it's versus, like this versus that.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm seeing here too. That's why I was confused because I was like, well, I think the reference is Versace. That's always what okay. I called yeah, it. Okay,
1: Yeah, I have an explanation for why it's versus, but. <laughs> there's i think it's actual it's actually verses. okay versace
0: okay i want to make sure i say it right so if i say versace i apologize it'll be i'll do my best to make sure that i say verses. but yeah we are <laughs> continuing the sons of dio arc, wrapping up wrapping it up with verses. and the entire time i'm sitting here thinking it's kind of weird that jolene is battling her own relatives because technically they're Joe jo stars. Joe stars. Jo stars. Technically they're Joe stars if Jorno is a Joe star. But they may not have like the good traits, the good personalities. But technically, right? Like technically, if Jorno is a Joe star, then wouldn't these three also be Joe stars?
1: Yeah. I mean, you could say the same thing about Jotaro fighting Dio that Jotaro is fighting his great. Great grandfather,
0: his great great grandfather's body. Yeah, so <laughs> it's, uh,
1: it's all—no uh, pun intended. I guess it's all relative.
0: That kind of feels different though, because it feels like Jotaro is putting his—he's putting Jonathan's body to rest because it's it was stolen by Dio, but here you have like offspring.
1: Family drama. Yeah. What what more do you expect?
0: (laughs) Either way, it's just interesting to kind of take a step back and think like Jolene is fighting with her own relatives. If Jorno did show up, as we talked about in the previous episode, would Jolene go up against Jorno? Like, how would that all go down?
1: Well, you also have to ask like, which side would, or which side? Yeah, which side would Jorno pick? So
0: that's true. Although knowing Jorno, he'd probably be like, "Fuck it, I'm not getting involved." (laughs) Yeah. We don't have much for you guys today. There hasn't been any big JoJo news, um, nothing interesting happening on, on our end. So yeah, I guess the only thing to say is Happy New Year. We're here in 2023 and continuing our Stone Ocean Review Series. Thought this would be a good opportunity to just remind everybody about what our schedule will look like for the next several months. And that in particular is Stone Ocean every single week through if i'm reading this correctly through march 13th so middle of march is when we'll wrap up the stone ocean review series and then after that point we're going to go back to our normal bi-weekly schedule so you won't get another strictly jojo episode until march 27th i think we're trying to do something interesting with that episode before we transition back into stardust crusaders So we still have a lot of time left on Stone Ocean, but we'll remind you guys what the schedule will look like as it gets closer to March. So this episode, Underworld versus what do we think? What were your initial thoughts on this last son of Dio and I guess this weird weird situation happening in a pit underground?
1: Well, dare I say it, this episode had quite a fateful flight with the introduction of Dio's last bastard son, and his groundbreaking ability. Wow. <laughs> although I, I think I found it more interesting than Rikil's stand from the previous episode, which I've already forgotten. Oh, Sky High. Um, and then, yeah, here with Underworld. I think it's very similar to Ungalo's stand, Bohemian Rhapsody, and how both of their stands just tie into the theme of fate that is just being pushed in our faces I mean, that's always been pushed in our faces in Jojo, but more significantly in Stone Ocean. So it just makes me wonder why Rikiel was kind of left as the black sheep of the trio with a stand that doesn't necessarily have to do with fate. What did you think?
0: So I have an interesting take now that we're at the tail end of the Sons of Dio arc. And it's something that one of our good friends, Kevin, mentioned to me as well. And when he said it, I kind of stopped, thought about it, and agreed with him that they're kind of moving pretty quickly through the Sons of Dio arc. I It's been a long time since I've read the manga, but I do remember this arc being a little longer, a little more substantial. But I also kind of think if we're only getting 14 episodes for this final core, I guess I'm okay with condensing, condensing the Sons of Dio arc because truly at the end of the day, they're just enemy stand users of the week. That That's really what it boils down to because Jolene dispenses of them pretty quickly or the Joe Bros dispense of them pretty quickly and then they move on. They don't play a longstanding role in Pucci's overall goal. And I would rather them dedicate more time to everything that happens in the latter half of the third core because it is a lot. It's it's very confusing and I think the pacing was fantastic probably because the Sons of Dio arc was shorter than maybe what it normally would have been. Despite that though I think it's been going really well and I feel like a two-part arc for um, Versus is, is appropriate because there's a lot that needs to be explained <laughs> with how his stand works and um, I think that The way he's trying to dispose of Jolene and Hermes is obviously like very unique. And his stand in general is very unique. So I think having a two-parter for him is helpful. Plus, he does stick around a little bit longer because he doesn't die right away or get knocked out right away. We'll see him continue to be a pain in the ass for Jolene for a few more episodes.
1: I mean, it does feel like the Sons of Dio episodes are, are being rushed through. I mean, I can't really see a way you can elongate these arcs because like it's it's always like cause and effect. Like we find out how their stand operates and then the Jobros or the prison posse figure out how to how to circumvent or circumnavigate that and defeat the stand. So yeah, it's always that's enemy stand user of the week formula. I think I would have preferred that these characters being sons of Dio, they have very formidable stands. I mean, these are still interesting stands, but for them to just be easily disposed of in like an episode or two, just kind of diminishes the fact that these are supposed to be Dio's offspring. Like I was expecting a a caliber similar to Jorno. But like I said, it's almost like these are like Dio's bastard sons who, who don't really offer any value, and they end up just being like pawns in Pucci's chess game. So very underplayed, despite their their blood status.
0: I agree. I think that you could easily remove the fact that they're Dio's sons, and then nothing would really change. Um, I think maybe maybe Pucci's connection to them might change a little bit, but they could just be underlings they could just be henchmen of poochies who happen to be stand users and of course stand users are attracted to and other stand users so we could find a way to uh to to give reason for them helping poochie that doesn't have to be the fact that they're blood sons of of dio so the fact that you can easily remove that from the equation makes to your point makes it feel like them being dio's sons is not capitalized on enough like you would think that they would be like, the the mini-bosses of this last part. Like, they're gonna be a pain in the ass for Jolene. Um, they're gonna be almost like the... Who's a good example? Like, the vanilla ice of part three. Like, he mm-hmm. was a very f- formidable foe. He was, you know, teased earlier on and, and kind of had um, a bigger role to play than many of the other henchmen. Here, like, you don't get that with these sons of Dio. So I think it is a missed opportunity to give them a bigger role. But they are the final three uh, st- enemy stand users of the week because then after that, it's all about Poochie, Weather Report, um, and then the finale. Well, Weather Report and then Poochie, then the finale.
1: I guess they could have had Sons of Dio almost act as a, monif- a moniker for them being like a cult that's surrounded by Dio. You know what I mean? Like, as you have, I- I'm just thinking of real world cults that refer to themselves as like, Sons or brothers of something, or like that. What was that show about the motorcycle club? Sons, sons of... of Anarchy. Yeah. <laughs> so, not necessarily that they didn't have to make them blood related, but almost established this sort of cult like status with the. He's group. their
0: followers, essentially.
1: Yeah. And that could kind of fit in with, you know, Pucci being a religious figure could kind of go in that same vein. But it is what it is. They are the true blue blood sons of Dio, even though I'm sure Dio's rolling in his grave right now. But alright JoJo fans, time to brace for impact as we diver down into our synopsis and discussion for Part 6, Episode 28, Heaven is at Hand, Three Days Until the New Moon. With Milkmaid Man eating their derriere dust, Jolene, Hermes, and Emporio move onwards towards Pucci Gangier's location at a local Orlando hospital where he is providing first-rate, worst-rate care to the last of Dio's unfortunate-looking offspring, Versus. While Jolene has Emporio play Errand Boy to deliver Jotaro's soul album to the Speed Waifu Foundation, Puchigengir awakens Versus' stand, Underworld, which takes Jolene down quite the rabbit hole in her hospital spelunking escapade, where she suddenly finds herself on a plane experiencing quite a unique case of terracotta turbulence. Hermes too gets swept into the early Enigma when she is smackledorfed by a vision of Sportsmax despite his demise nearly 12 episodes ago. The prison posse pair then figures out that they are actually in the core memories of a flight whose final destination was the Shadow Realm over 6 years ago and its fateful final descent is about to begin. I doubt the flashing seatbelt sign will be of much comfort to them. And now into the next segment of the show is that a music and or fashion reference where we document any and all nods, homages, and tributes that this extraordinary anime makes to the ordinary world of music and or fashion. So the first one is a fashion reference that we alluded to earlier with the son of Dio Donatello Versus. His name is a reference to Donatella Versace, an Italian fashion designer, businesswoman, socialite, and model who is the sister of Gianni Versace founder of the luxury fashion company Versace, with whom she worked closely on the development of the brand and, in particular, its combining of Italian luxury with pop culture and celebrity. And so this is where Versus comes in. Versus was also the name of Versace's diffusion line of products and merchandise, which was given as a gift by Gianni to Donatella in 1989.
0: Okay, so it's a combo of like the namesake for the designer, but also the namesake of one of the fashion lines under that brand. Yes. Okay, makes sense.
1: And another fun fact um, with the character Versus, uh, the, the Japanese VA for Versus is Takanori Hoshino. Some of you might know him as the voice of Bakuzan from One Punch Man, Serizawa, from Mob Psycho 100, and he is also the Japanese voice for Mickey Mouse.
0: What the fuck? (laughs) So this shit is
1: Disney. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) And the last reference in this episode is a music reference with Versus' Stand Underworld. This is a reference to Underworld, a British electronic music group known for their atmospheric, progressive compositions, cryptic lyrics, and live performances with singles, such as Born and Dark and Long or Dark Train.
0: And now it's time for the JoJo Meme Rundown, where we list each new JoJo meme that appeared in this episode. And unfortunately, we don't have any for this episode, but as always, let us know if we missed any. So the episode starts off with Jolene, Hermes, and Emporio arriving to the hospital because Jolene can sense that there's Pucci and and some other people or maybe just Versus in there as well. Um, And Jolene asks Emporio to take the disc, her father's disc, to the Speedwagon Foundation. And you can tell Emporio is very hesitant to do so he doesn't want to be separated from jolene and hermes because he's not used to being on his own in the outside world so it's a very unique situation for him but she she highly encourages him to do so says that he's the only one who can do so because she needs to go and find poochie and then gives him a smooch on the cheek
1: i mean what useful would he have been in the situation with versus really he
0: could have thrown a computer down the hole i don't know <laughs>
1: <laughs> or provide them with like a hiding place with his burning down the house room yeah there you go <laughs> but i think jolene even though this guy's what only 11 years old this guy's this only boy 11 is only years 11 old. years old jolene trusts him enough to do something that is of paramount priority um, and I think that it's it's a trust that Emporio will continue to carry with him, especially towards the end of Stone Ocean.
0: I agree. It almost feels like the scene is is portrayed in a way like Jolene is trying to push the task off onto Emporio and like saying, Hey, you know, you're the only one that I can trust. Like I need you to do this for me and maybe that was just my interpretation, but it is a very important task. That it that disc is what's standing between like, life and vegetation to death, basically, for Jotaro. And the fact that she's trusting Emporio with delivering that disc, disc to the Speedwagon Foundation is critical. Because if that disc were lost or stolen or whatever, if Pucci were to to take it back, that's it. Jotaro is going to rot away, similar to how Emporio's mom rotted away. It then switches to a very interesting scene between Pucci and uh, Versus, It's Versus' introduction as the final son of Dio. And I was very confused the first time I watched this uh, whole exchange. Because Pucci is eating some sort of pudding, I think? It's like a a seafood type of pudding.
1: Yeah, I don't think they've specified what kind of dish it was.
0: And he tells Versus that he's allergic to shellfish. And that if the dish has it, he can't eat it. So then he asks Versus to try it to taste test it and versus says there's no shellfish but then he confirms that there's crab in it and I'm like isn't crab a shellfish
1: and there's a clear shot of shrimp too which yeah, our, is also <laughs> that is a shellfish
0: exactly and I was like wait what are you maybe he's only allergic to like scallops and like mussels but I was so confused by this cuz he's like I can confirm there's asparagus and blah, blah, blah. There's no shellfish. Like, But he says before that that there's crab. And I'm like, I'm that meme of that lady with all the math equations going by. And she's looking very confused. I'm like, but but we see the shrimp. And you said there's crab.
1: Maybe it's a trick question. I have no idea.
0: I don't know either. But then he does say that uh, versus does say that he wants to try the sauce because he, because he can smell something in it. Tastes it and says that there are scallops in it. Pucci seems grateful for this confirmation, but then immediately changes the subject and asks Versus to stand up so that he can assess his shoe size, his clothing size, his weight, his height, um, even notices that he tightens his watch to the second loop. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, what does any of this have to do with anything? First, you're talking about your shellfish allergy, and then you're assessing Versus' physical stature. And the only thing that I can think of as to why he's going through this entire conversation is to say that Pucci has these strong similarities to Versus because of his connection with Dio. Because he's now... He's got the Joe Star birthmark. You can assume that he's got Dio's blood in him. Maybe he's slowly becoming a son of Dio. I don't know. What was your take on this?
1: Yeah, I I had to do a little bit of research, and I think this questionnaire from Pucci is just to confirm that he and Versus have similar qualities from a physical perspective. I think the clearest example of it is when uh, Pucci looks at Versus his medical report, sees his blood pressure uh, stats, and then he puts the blood pressure machine on himself, and it's producing the same stats. Um, So I think, yeah, he's just trying to establish that there is that fateful connection between the two of them.
0: Okay. Okay. That, that helps because I was just, I don't know, the second time watching it, it did make a little more sense. But the first time I was like, they haven't explained what the intent is of these questions of this conversation. I don't know what the fuck Poochie's trying to get at.
1: Yeah, I, I thought originally this was a way for Poochie to encourage versus to manifest his stand, which I think he, he does later. But this line of questioning was not related at all to that.
0: Well, speaking of manifesting his stand, it does happen pretty quickly after the conversation ends because Pucci tells Versus that he can finish the rest of the dish and then a little boy's finger protrudes out from the pudding-like substance. And that's the first introduction that we get to Underworld, which is essentially... The way they explain it throughout the episode, the power behind Underworld is to be able to excavate or manifest memories of those who have died and met their demise by coming back to Earth, which I think could pretty much be like every fucking person who's died. So we get confirmation here that the little boy who was rushed into the hospital at the beginning of the episode has unfortunately not survived. He has died And not only that, but he tells us that his dad is the one that shot him, and then the bullet comes back out of his neck, and I guess he got his revenge.
1: But this is weird, though, because we see with Jolene later that she enters the world of Underworld, I guess, by joining the reenactment of that plane crash. Here, when the father is Mike's father, I guess because the patient's name is Mike, when he is shot, is he also participating in a reenactment or is this just happening out of the blue
0: that's a good question because it's not like versus intentionally dragged mike's father into the the memory of his son dying and also if i'm skipping i'm skipping ahead like maybe an episode or two um the way underworld works is that i think in manifest these memories from the actual earth but here, mm-hmm. this little boy is protruding out from a dish that's elevated above the ground. So how does that work? Why is he coming out of a dish instead of the dirt from the hole in the ground?
1: Oh, right. Unless he was shot dead on the ground. Well, though, was he, he was declared dead at the hospital. Right?
0: I think so, yeah, because he was rushed in at the beginning of the episode. So I don't mm-hmm. know, a little inconsistency here. But one thing it does make me think of is the potential that Versus has as a fucking detective he, he again I'm jumping ahead a couple episodes but he complains that like his whole life he's been nothing and now he could take over Poochie's plan and fulfill his father's wish and have like all of this glory and success or whatever that goes along with it but I'm like dude you could also just take your stand power and be the world's greatest fucking detective because here you have this little boy Mike who gets manifested through underworld and confirms who his killer is can you imagine all of the mysteries that would be solved if he just used Underworld to solve them?
1: Yeah, well, he's he's Dio's son, so he never thinks for the good of mankind. <laughs> yeah, he wants something um, bigger than that. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned Detective because I feel like this stand has strong similarities to Abakio's Moody Blues from Ooh, Part 5. Ooh,
0: I could see that.
1: Yeah, although I don't I don't remember how Abakio's stand activates, but it, it just... Re- or plays like replays a memory of something, right?
0: Yes, I believe so.
1: So, I guess in an alternate timeline, they could have teamed up and become the world's best detective pairing.
0: <laughs> that would be insane. That's a spin off that Araki should put together. Once Jolene and Hermes, um, see, well, once they assess that it's safe enough to go into that room where the bullet came out and shot that guy right in front of them. Um, they see a giant fucking hole in the ground. And Hermes has the smart idea to not go directly into the hole. And Jolene acknowledges, yeah, this is probably a trap, but I'm going to go in anyway. And I have to pause here and ask Do you think that Jolene makes smart decisions or does she just make rash decisions that happen to work out in her, fra- in her favor?
1: This kind of, I guess this kind of ties back to the conversation or the thing that Rikiel said at the end of the previous episode where things just almost seem to align in Jolene's favor, no matter what kind of decision she makes. I think in this case, yeah, the hole is a fucking trap, but if it means she has an opportunity to stop Poochie, I think she'll go for it even at the cost of her own life.
0: But is that the smart decision? If she ends up dying, then how can she stop him at all? Now, my my perspective is it's like half and half. She's smart in saying that if they don't go into this hole and pursue Pucci, that Pucci could just easily waste time and wait out the next three days until the new moon or whatever by staying in this hole. Um, But on the flip side, to Hermes's point, Jolene is maybe too eager to go in and instead of assessing the situation um, or trying to come up with a plan, she's like, I'm going to dive right in. Jolene's like, I'm going to dive right into this hole. And Hermes knows that it's a trap. Jolene knows that it's a trap. But Jolene is wanting to just jump right in. Like She just doesn't care enough about the potential consequences. So I don't know. Yeah. So- sometimes I feel like, yeah, it's her Joestar resolve that's pushing her to pursue Pooch at any cost because she needs to stop him to save everybody. But I also wonder, like, is it just her being overly impatient, overly eager. Again, most of the time it works out great. Like it's it's always been in her favor, but sometimes it would be nice to see her maybe like stop and assess a situation before jumping right into it.
1: I mean, switch out Jolene with any of the Jojo protagonists we've seen in the anime so far. Do you think they would have acted any differently?
0: Um, It depends. I think Jonathan would... I think Jonathan, Jotaro, and maybe partially Jorno would be the type to stop and assess, or at least have a solid plan in place. Jotaro may not tell anyone what his plan is, but he's always mm-hmm. got a plan. Like, I feel like he doesn't act rationally, like, uh, irrationally. He just. Thinks very quickly and can come up with a plan on the spot, and then just does it. <laughs> he doesn't tell anybody. Joseph for sure would just jump right in. Joske for sure would just jump right in. Of course, he's jo- Joseph's son. Um, so I maybe it's just it's Jolene portraying those Joseph like traits the way she has throughout this whole part.
1: Okay, I guess to answer your original question, yes, she is. Being rash about her decision, but I just think that the Joe Star line is always like cushioned by the idea of fate. So like, no matter what what happens, the Joe Star line will still prevail in some way in the end.
0: That's fair. I could see it, especially with Joseph. Dumb luck is a skill, right. but it's probably also a little bit of fate. Well, when Jolene dives into the hole, she gives Hermes a part of her string, which is perfectly coming out of the center of her Joestar birthmark.
1: A string of fate. There you go.
0: <laughs> and tells her to pull her back out of the hole if anything bad happens. But then I, I'm stopping thinking, can't Jolene just retract her string instead of having Hermes pull it?
1: Kinda of like um what do you call those the retractable strings on like badges? Like the lanyard. Yeah, basically, just
0: pull her own string back inside of her because she has full control over her strings through stone free. That's true. But the whole time she's like screaming at Hermes, like "Hurry up and pull me out!" And Hermes is struggling to do so. I'm like, "Jolene, just retract, just retract your string back into your body. That'll launch you forward." I, I think.
1: So yeah, there, there is an example of Jolene just making a rash decision and not realizing what she's capable of in the moment.
0: <laughs> and then we get to the eye catch, which I think showed us a quick glimpse of Underworld.
1: Yes, um, right before we actually see him in the proper episode. So the stand stats for Underworld show its destructive power at none, speed at C, range at A, durability at C, Precision and accuracy at none, and development potential at none. So
0: development th- potential at <laughs> none. Oh my god.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure like all of the stands for the sons of Dio have these similar stats where they're not inherently destructive, but for not, or for Underworld's case, it's reliant on the severity of the memory or the incident that's recreated.
0: True. It is very bound to what's already happened in history. It can't really create something from nothing.
1: And to comment on the stand's physical design, something about it just screams high fashion. Uh, Here, uh, we'll obviously post a screenshot of the stand stats from this eye catch in the Discord. Uh, But if you look at it, it, it reminds me of a Sort of JoJo version of like a chiseled Renaissance statue. And I'm thinking specifically of the statue of David by Michelangelo. And it may be no coincidence since Versace's logo is that of the Greek mythological figure Medusa. So maybe this stand's physique is an homage to classical Greek masculine physique.
0: I could see that, but it also looks a lot like Diver Down.
1: Oh, uh, yeah.
0: Maybe because that. of the tubes coming out of its face and neck and stuff. And it's blueish. ish.
1: Yeah, like that light blue, light purple
0: tone. And it has like no facial features. So it, to me, it just looks a little like not super close like Diver Down, but it has some similarities to Diver Down because you don't get a really good look at the stand in this episode. He's always it's always sort of moving around. So I think in that motion, I thought it kind of looks like Diver Down.
1: I think even like Versus himself has like a choker that almost looks like a a Greek symbol.
0: It's like that Versace swirl
1: like that pillar kind of yeah
0: looking thing which is also on Rohan's thong that he wears in part oh. part 4 because <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a it's a Versace thong that he's wearing <laughs> they shop
1: at the same Versace store
0: Jumping back into the episode but still talking about the stand Underworld I'm wondering if this could be a new sentient stand it's not super clear in this episode we'll probably talk about it more in the next episode but it does seem like Underworld like ver- like versus it's reacting separately from what his stand is doing and that the stand seems to be talking to him and Poochie. So mm-hmm. we'll keep this in our back pocket for the ne- that next episode when we see the stand a little bit more, but we could have a new sentient stand in our hands, in our hands, on our hands. And I have to say, I don't think that the localized name Netherworld is that bad. Of all localized mm-hmm. names, that one's not too bad. I get where they came up with the idea, Underworld, Netherworld. It's, it's decent. I, I could accept that one. So Jolene is in the airplane. She's struggling. She sees Poochie and, to her, this unknown versus person. And Poochie, on the opposite end of things, warns versus that Jolene is much more accustomed to battle based on everything that she's gone through and, and tells him not to pursue her. And we get that first little glimpse of Versus getting annoyed with Poochie, saying like, dude, shut the hell up. I'm trying to help you here. Of course, it's under his breath, and it's not directly at Poochie, but that's the start of the tension that we get between the two of them.
1: Yeah, and I think well, a running thing with the sons of Dio is trying to find out if they reflect a certain aspect of Dio's personality. I don't think you get too much of that in this episode, but I think in the next episode, we'll get more of Versus's backstory. But here, I think that instance kind of show of Versus getting irritated with Pucci, looking down on him in a way, suggests that uh, Versus has a little bit of Dio's superiority complex.
0: Yeah, I could see that. he He's someone that, Dio has always been someone you can't pin down. Jonathan has tried many, many times, and I would agree that Versus is emulating that that trait of his father's. Then comes the return of Sportsmax, which I'm sure a lot of people did not expect to see. So as Aramez is trying to pull Jolene up, and again, I'm sitting there questioning why Jolene's just not retracting, her uh, her strings in a way, kind of like you know when wait I make a Batman reference ready when Batman uses his like grappling hook thing and then he can retract himself upward All onto right. a building. That's what Jolene could be doing, but instead she's screaming at Hermes and then Hermes is panicking because Sports Max shows up and that's probably the last person she ever wanted to see. And he explains to Hermes directly that Underworld is excavating these memories of what's happened to people. Um, even as far as, like, Sportsmax dying at Green Dolphin Street. So I'm guessing the range on this stand is pretty significant.
1: So is it, like, would it be Versus choosing the memory that he wants to affect his opponents, or is this this just happenstance?
0: That's a good question, because Versus should not be aware at all about Sportsmax or how he died, So maybe it's twofold. Maybe it's Versus can choose um, and intentionally chose the airplane crash because it's such a significant moment. There's an exact time that it happened. Um, So he can kind of control the situation and it's not easy for Jolene to escape. Because you have to also to think in the next episode, he manifests with his stand the helicopter crash and sticks Hermes or Jolene in that helicopter. But maybe there's a second component to the stand where based on the person that it's impacting, it can pull a memory of a loved one who passed away or someone who had significance that person that passed away.
1: Okay, I'm looking at the JoJo wiki, and it, this is kind of like a cop-out description, but it says, uh, versus is also granted the knowledge of everything that has happened in the past. So,
0: Yo, that is OP <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> That is really OP. Can you imagine? That's what abakio wish he ha- wished he had. That's like, mm-hmm. that's like if okay. So I know that Versus is a new stand user, so he hasn't really tapped into the potential of his stand. But if he's smart enough, it could go beyond an Okuyasu the hand situation, and he could actually he could actually put his shit to good use. I, I'm surprised. I did not realize that's what that stand was capable of.
1: Well, it's kind of ironic that he picked us or that Sportsmax appeared, because in a way, Underworld and Sportsmax's stand, Limp Biscuit, are re- reviving memories of the dead.
0: Yeah, that's true. They do have that similarity. And at the end of the episode, Hermes does get pulled into the same situation as Jolene. They're both on this airplane, they're learning that the airplane has crashed in the past that the passengers went up in flames and that they only have three minutes left um, before it's all over. I did take note that Hermes calls them ghosts, but one of the passengers said that they're actually memories. And I think the reason that the passenger says that is to confirm to Hermes and Jolene that these things have already happened. Memories are of things that have already happened, so you cannot change what's going to happen.
1: And just out of curiosity... Uh, I, I think the flight attendant mentions that the plane crashed on July twenty first, two thousand five. I, I did a quick Google search. There were no recorded plane crashes in Florida on that date. Um, and also, the flight that Hermes seemed to remember of of the flight number of this plane, flight twenty eight eighty two to Dallas. I think that's actually a flight from Chicago to Los Angeles. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so yeah. No relevance. I think it was just there for story purposes. Uh,
0: that's good, though, because it might be a little fucked up if Iraqi used an actual plane crash where innocent people yeah, died. Yeah,
1: that's true. Because w- this reminds me of the the plane in Part 3 with, was it Tower of Tower of Grey? Yes. Uh, and I was just thinking, is there historical significance with that? But yeah, these are just random flights that have no real-world...
0: Fictional flights, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Fictional flights that have no real-world basis. Um, but I mentioned this in the beginning of the episode. Uh, it's interesting with Ungalos... Like, like with Ungalos' stand, Bohemian Rhapsody versus his underworld, has the members of the prison posse, which, in this case, it's Jolene and Hermes, before it was Weatherport and Anasui, kind of confronting the absolute nature of fate because with Bohemian Rhapsody you had fairy tales ending in a specific way with Underworld you have this reenactment of the plane of a plane crash that needs to play out that or that will play out the exact same way that it did back in I think 2 yeah in 2005
0: Yeah that's a good point because there's all this talk about Pucci reaching a fate that like Dio has had in his sights for a really long time And Poochie makes it seem like this is going to happen. It is Dio's will. This is going to happen. And that's why he's even fine with, you know, telling versus, like, if Jolene wants to escape out of this hole, then that's fine. Let her do it. I think at this point, he sees these things happening for a reason. And that just kind of, like you said, ties right into these, these two sons of Dio and the way that their stand powers work, like just reminding everybody that, You cannot change what is or has already happened.
1: And I think this just provides additional hints as to what Poochie is claiming heaven to be when we reach the climax of Stone Ocean. One last thing I wanted to comment on with this final scene in the plane is the sound design. Uh, Specifically, when you hear the flight attendant speaking, And then you start to see the burn marks on her skin and then the passenger whose head ends up in her stomach, you can hear her voice. Like it sounds crystal clear at first, but then it starts fading into this sort of like audio tape quality recording. And I think the same thing happened with the the child patient Mike when he was speaking to Versus out of that seafood dish is that their voices are to become more muffled or like, lower in audio quality, which I think is a great way to emulate that these are all memories of the past that are speaking with the characters in the present.
0: That's a really good point as well. I didn't even realize that. I did notice the change, but it like didn't register with me that it was signaling something. But I like that that audio change happens right before the crash is going to happen because, yeah, it's like they're they're meeting their final moments. I did find it weird, though, that they were already sort of burning up and that she already had the guy's face in his stomach before the crash technically even happened. Right. Um, but that could just be the way that uh, that Underworld can kind of, I guess, kind of manipulate the situation while still being subjected to what has actually happened in history. And the episode ends with Poochie asking versus if he can make the crash happen any faster Because he's concerned with weather report closely approaching. But same thing here versus confirms that he cannot change what's happened. If the plane crashed at 9.33, it's going to crash at 9.33 again. And we're left with that cliffhanger ending of two minutes until the crash occurs.
1: I think that's also kind of foreshadowing with Pucci's ability, his stand ability evolving where he can... Spoiler alert, accelerate time. I know. He's like, can't you make
0: this shit go faster? I'll just make this shit go faster. Right,
1: <laughs> And that brings us to our final thoughts for part six, episode 28, Heaven is at Hand, Three Days Until the New Moon. So do you think this episode crashed and burned?
0: Uh, no, I thought it was a good episode. I think it's a slower burn Than some of the other episodes we've gotten in this uh, third core, because I felt like there was a lot of like drawn out tension and then a lot of explaining that needed to be done once you found a fucking airplane in a hole in the ground. But it was all worth it. None of it felt um, weirdly paced or felt unnecessary. Um, So I did enjoy the pacing of the episode overall. I'm still confused by the episode title. I think that. It's, it's more like a status update than what's actually happening in the episode. I guess technically we're three days out till the new moon, but you only get a reference to that in the beginning of this episode. The rest is all focused on Underworld and Versus. So I think calling it Underworld Part 1 would have been a much more appropriate title, but it is what it is. That's a, a minor detail overall. And while Rikiel is one of my favorite Sons of Dio, I do think that Versus would be my number two. I think that he, um, I, I enjoyed the fact that there is conflict between Versus and Pucci, at least starting to manifest in this episode. And that um, the potential that Versus has on the on the story with his stand in the later episodes, especially when he's hunting down Emporio. I really enjoyed all of that. Like there was more more substantial stuff that happens with Versus than with the other two sons of Dio. So I'm enjoying this episode and kind of reflecting on like how, what what hints they're giving us about how he'll act in the next subsequent episodes um, and how he'll kind of impact the story when the snails arrive and all that crazy shit. So I think this is a great way to introduce his character. But what about you?
1: I too do not think this episode crashed and burned. I thought it was an intriguing starter episode to the Underworld arc that inevitably focuses on the third of Dio's unfortunate offspring. But I think Versus has an arguably more interesting stand than the previous siblings since it alludes to the succumbing of one's fate, almost as if it is heeding a warning to the viewer of, again, what's to come with Pucci's recipe for Dio's aster in the later half of this core. Uh, with this whole arc, it's almost as if Pucci is trying to corner Jolene into an impossible situation where her fate should be rightfully sealed within this fateful plane crash. So I think this will make for an interesting conclusion to the Underworld arc as we find out in the next episode how the prison posse manages to hop off this fateful flight.
0: And we'll get more verses in the next episode, so look forward to that. But once again, Happy New Year, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us here at the start of 2023 and for joining us each and every week. Look forward to more great Stone Ocean content for the next several months. It's going to be really good. And then I'm going to be sad when Stone Ocean is done. But then I'll be happy when we jump back into Stardust Crusaders. But thank you, guys. We appreciate you so, so much. Subscribe to Strictly JoJo on your favorite podcast service. Join our Discord to chat with us. Follow us on Instagram at The Strictly Series, on Twitter at Strictly Series, and check out our website, thestrictlyseries.com. If you'd like to support the show, then head over to patreon.com strictlyseries the Strictly series and tune into Strictly Anime, our other podcast for anime reviews and discussions. All links are in the description. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay weeb.
1: To be continued.